Business Requirements, Episode 50. Welcome back, my friends, nerds, geeks, and Ziglets out there. Today, I have another episode of the Zigbits Network Design Podcast, where Zigabytes are faster than gigabytes. As always, my goal is to provide you with a real-world context around technology. I'm your host, ZigZiga. Welcome back to the show. Thank you all for listening. Today's topic is going to be titled Business Requirements, and it's something that I hold really dear to my everyday job and work and life. Um, and, and hopefully this process that we're going to highlight today, going through and identifying business requirements and then creating an associated kind of business plan from a technical perspective will be very helpful. Let's just kind of start off and say that this industry that we're in doesn't teach the topic, this topic of business requirements how to identify key information from a business perspective. And honestly, this industry should teach this. It really should teach it very early in our careers, and it doesn't. I know from from my experience and a lot of my peers' experience, we learned this throughout our career, uh, on the job, determining what the right way of kind of creating this process and following it. I think we should be teaching this 101 at the beginning of a career so that everyone in the industry has these skill sets. There is no technical requirement or prerequisite to learn how to identify business requirements. And as we get in here, we're going to talk about business priorities, business drivers, business outcomes, business capabilities, and then finally business solutions. Now I will pre- face all this or whatever the word I want to call it is, I want to just set the stage and say that this entire episode today is going to be vendor agnostic. So we're going to go through and talk about a number of things and we're going to highlight solutions, but they're going to be vendor agnostic solutions. What are requirements? And I I asked that question because I want to make it very clear today that we are not talking about technical requirements. We're talking about business requirements. So when I, when I ask you and I talk about requirements, I want you to think about the business side of things and not the technical side of things. Historically, what we would do is we'd get a technical requirement or we would just automatically assume it's a technical requirement. One of my favorite ones that I like to bash, it's not one I like, is that your server team comes up to you and says that I have this this application or this these servers and they require layer two connectivity. And so now as a... As a network engineer or network architect, you've got to create a data center interconnect at layer two for between two different data centers because the application is not built correctly to function over layer three. So there's a technical requirement in there. Your application team is coming to you and saying, hey, we need layer two connectivity between the two data centers. And so you solve that saying, okay, I got this. I I know the technical requirement. I can do a whole bunch of things from a data center interconnect perspective. I can span VLANs, uh, spanning tree, right? Block some ports, have some loops, whatever. OTV, VXLAN, eVPN. You could even go a little bit more crazy and do some MPLS L2 VPNs or L2, um, yeah, L2 VPNs, or you could do VPLS. There's a whole bunch of options. There's a whole bunch of tools in our toolbox to solve that technical, requir- that technical requirement. Now, if we had had a chance to understand business requirements there and had a seat at that table ahead of time, we could have told them, hey, your application really needs to support layer three connectivity. And then we can kind of drive the business requirements around that that technical 
kind of nuance, if you will. As we go through today, when I say requirements, I'm really harping on business requirements. Okay. Now, some of what we talked about, or some of what we're going to talk about today, is covered in a few episodes I did at the very beginning of this podcast. Uh, I covered it in a mini series called Consultative Engineer. And that is what we are. That's what we should be. I might actually start terminizing that as consultative leadership because that is where we are in this industry. We have the ability to have a seat at the table and direct the business to do a decision or direct the business to have a couple of options and give them the pros and cons of those options. That mini series, that consultative mini uh, engineer mini series, that was episodes 11 through 16 of the Zigbits Network Design podcast. And it is from a different perspective, but it is valuable. Um, I would definitely recommend everyone take some time, go through those those five or six podcast episodes, and there's a lot of good information there. Um, I will link those episodes in the show notes of this, this episode. So let's start at the beginning. And this is the process I like to follow, business priorities. So what, what is a business priority? A business priority, the way I like to summarize this is that a business is going to have a handful of priorities and everything else, the drivers, the outcomes, the capabilities, the actual solutions are going to roll up to those business priorities. So when we're talking about business priorities, we're talking about maybe three to five buckets, if you will, that everything from a business falls into. And I like to give examples, right? So business priorities are going to be those top level things, those top level level themes that the business is going to talk about, those C-level staff, those CEOs, COOs, CIOs are going to be constantly discussing in their meetings. So some of those examples of business priorities might be customer experience. And I, I, I'm going to use customer experience as an example in today's episode, specifically for like a service provider organization. So if you work at a service provider organization, customer experience could be a, a very specific priority within a service provider organization. And that description of a customer experience would be something along the lines of enable customers to securely and maybe efficiently accomplish their, their business, right? Because again, a service provider's goal is to let more customers get on that network and facilitate their business. It's almost a mutual relationship. Another priority example, let's let's take it from the lens of maybe an enterprise organization. Let's say digital transformation, which is a big word, but digital transformation resonates with a lot of customers today, a lot of organizations today, because they're going through this transformation from potentially a if we're going to specifically say IT, they're going from legacy way of doing things, command line, doing switch port mode access, switch port mode VLAN, whatever, you know, creating um, VRFs to segment traffic. That's that's what they've been doing for years. And then they're moving into the software defined world, which is actually going to be a transformation. And it is a digital transformation because it's not only going to change IT. It's going to change how they function as a business. Tie it always, tie it always back to that business. So a good example of a description of digital transformation would be reduce the manpower intensive tasks by streamlining them with modern technology and, and tools, right? Because again, like I said, the, the legacy example, creating VRFs, creating VLANs on a thousand switches, you know, it takes tons of time to create that one VLAN everywhere. 
we get into a modern technology and tools of using soft-defined networking, maybe using some programmability with Ansible, etc. Right? We get some options here that we could leverage. Now, my last uh, example priority is security, and that's going to be for most organizations. I'm not going to call that down and say it's service provider versus enterprise or commercial or whatever. Um, security is really organizational agnostic. A good definition of security would be committed to safeguarding the business, their customers, and the infrastructure supporting the business and customers by protecting all the digital assets from our, our adversaries. And I like to say, think business assurance, right? That is the key here because from a business perspective, we have to think about that assurance. How are we going to maintain that business? And how are we going to secure that business? and secure our customers and make sure our customers aren't compromised. So those are some examples of business priorities. Now, as we go through this, the drivers and, and the outcomes and capabilities, and then finally the solutions, everything's going to roll up to these priorities. And I used them in different verticals so you get an idea of how this process could work, maybe in your organization or something similar. I would say if there is an organization you want to see an example of, just send me a note. You can send, send me a, a DM on Twitter. Uh, that's Zig underscore Ziga. You can e uh, email me at feedback at zigbits.tech as well. But, you know, if there's a specific organizational example you want me to run through and cover down on, I can totally do that. So let's move into business drivers. Now, these are going to be tied specifically to the business, right? And they're not going to be necessarily technical drivers. They're not going to be IT drivers. They're going to be business drivers that the, the business is following, what they're trying to achieve. So let's look at the customer experience example for the service provider organization. And one of the drivers that, that might be a perfect fit here would be the adoption of new customers with new demands is so rapid that the service provider cannot keep up. So that is a driver, right? So they are having this problem. They have a ton of customers. They're getting new customers. These new customers have new demands. They want new capabilities. I'll give you a, an example. Maybe it's an MPLS provider and they only provide L3 VPN services today. And maybe their new customers are asking for L2 VPN services and they just don't have that, that capability today. And they need to add that capability. In addition to adding that capability, they also need to add the ability to scale out and be more effective and more efficient. That's what that driver right there would mean. A second example for customer experience from a driver would be customer applications are not treated properly and thus are not reliable. What does that mean? That means that service provider needs to, they have a problem. They can't, they can't ensure applications, their customer applications are reliable, efficient, are going to get from point A to point B. Again, that service provider's whole goal, whole mission, if you will, or, or intent is to provide service to their customers. So there's a the customer experience examples. Now, I got a few for digital transformation. Again, we're talking about business drivers. So for digital transformation, here's an example. Provide an agile infrastructure that can meet the ongoing demands of the business and its customers. That's a good example of a digital transformation. That's a huge driver right there because you have to be agile. So you're going to go from a legacy environment to something that can be a little bit more agile. 
adaptable, flexible, right? And it's the ongoing demands of the business and the associated customers. So here we, we, we use this example, this, this priority is digital transformation. This out driver could be something for maybe a SaaS provider, you know, a software as a service. And maybe you, you know, that, that company hosts an application and its customers access that application constantly. I think of like something like Netflix. So we have this application that we all consume. Netflix has to ensure that their requests that they get from their app, their customers and the internal business can be supported by an agile infrastructure. Uh, the next example here is increased speed to market on new solutions capabilities. So digital transformation is a perfect place for that driver. Again, the business is trying to either make money or save money, which we've talked about in the past. In some cases, a business is not for profit. So maybe they're just trying to reduce cost and increase their mission. This is perfect in the federal government. They're not necessarily there to make money. They're there for a mission or a goal or an intent. So here, increase speed to market on new solutions and capabilities. And that's digital transformation in a nutshell. We can, we can develop something quicker, QA that development quicker, and then launch that new service or that new application or that new capability and start receiving money for that new service application. So the business is making more money. Next one is data applications and services must be online and accessible all of the time. That is a general driver. If your services, your data, your applications are not online, you're not making money. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, the last one is reduce the time required to troubleshoot, operate, and maintain the environment. So I call that overhead, right? So we want a less overhead related work and more direct business impacting work. So if we can find solutions, we can find outcomes that are going to meet that those drivers, that is going to let the business take their, their current staff that's doing the troubleshooting, the operating, the maintaining of the environment and move them into more of a impacting the business type of role. All right. So security is our third example priority, right? And I have one driver for this, right? And it's a pretty self-explanatory driver once you hear it required to maintain security standards. And that is a bullet, right? That could be a whole bunch of things. So let's talk about HIPAA, right? Healthcare, PCI. So if you're doing any type of point of presence, point of sale system, and then if you're in the federal government, right? There's a whole bunch of security standards requirements like FedRAMP and um, STIGs and DOD STIGs and a whole bunch of stuff. But the intent here is that that's the driver, right? We have to, we are required to maintain security standards. Now that based on that, you could have a whole bunch of other drivers. Maybe it's you're required to have your data encrypted, you know, data at rest and in transit has to be encrypted, or maybe you have to have everything VPN, VPN off or segmented, right? But that is going to really boil back down to that driver that says required to maintain security standards. So those are our examples from a business driver's perspective. So let's jump into examples of the business outcomes, right? So here's our drivers, right? We got our priorities. We got our drivers. Now let's look at our outcomes. So customer experience for that service provider organization, a good outcome would be proper implementation of a quality of experience policy that increases end user reliability and efficiency. Now I want to be clear, quality of experience is not quality of service. Quality of experience is everything to the customer. It includes quality of service, 
So that could be a little misleading. It includes quality of service, but it also includes application-aware routing. It includes security. It includes any type of requirement or constraint or attribute from a user perspective or a customer perspective. So this outcome is key, right? Proper implementation of a quality of experience policy that increases the end user reliability and efficiency. Again, this is for a service provider organization. That is a huge outcome. That's what they're looking to do. They're looking to provide more reliable services, uh, more efficient services to their customer base. For digital transformation in this enterprise organization, um, a good outcome is leverage the technology to increase operational efficiency. Some of those examples that we've had before, we get some sort of software-defined solution. We get it in place. We change our operational model within the organization to match up to that software-defined solution and some of the changes that come with that, policy changes, workflow changes. And now we realize a whole bunch of operational efficiency. Next example for outcomes here under digital transformation is uh, reduce the management overhead required to support day-to-day operations of the environment. So that ties directly to a driver that we just talked about. But again, we're going to reduce that overhead, all of those overhead tasks. We're no longer going to sit there and spend two days trying to troubleshoot something when we can use this leverage the system to tell us what's wrong. and, And we can go quickly validate that, yep, that is the issue and we can fix it or we can let the system fix it. I've seen a lot of times where customers and organizations and and teammates of mine are spending days troubleshooting something that isn't even a networking issue. It's an application issue. So it's just a waste of time. It's a waste of resources. It's overhead. The last example under digital transformation for outcomes is reduce and consolidate redundant solutions and capability overlap. As an organization grows, more systems are created, more services, more applications, And a lot of those system services and applications have capability overlap or are redundant solutions. So part of digital transformation, when I talk about this with customers and organizations, I tell them, hey, you need to do an inventory, an assessment, if you will, of everything you have today and what are those capabilities. At any point you can, there's some sort of capability overlap or redundant solutions, then you pick one and you get rid of the others. It just, it's going to clear things up. It's going to reduce your workload. It's going to reduce your operational cost, and it's going to increase operational efficiency across the board. So those were our outcomes, our examples for digital transformation. So now we're going to jump into a couple outcomes for security. So the first one I have is properly authenticate users and devices and only allow them the access that they need. Least privilege, right? Least privilege access. But there's a key things here. Properly authenticate users and devices. And remember, this outcome goes straight up to that driver that we just talked about that says required to maintain security standards. So within the security standards, this is an, an outcome. There could be a whole bunch more, a whole, a whole bunch more outcomes than just this one. This is just one of those outcomes. The next outcome would be full situational awareness of all data, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They can do 365 days a year too, but the intent is that the organization needs to know where all their data is. This is a big outcome because it's not just the uh, the awareness of the data, it's also classification of the data, right? Is it unsensitive, is it sensitive, is it classified, unclassed? What type of data classification is it? Who should access that data, right? 
Where is that data in transit? And then based on your security standards that you're following, you might need to segment the data, restrict the data, or encrypt the data. So those are some good examples of our business outcomes. And those are within those different priorities. So now let's talk about the capabilities. So business capabilities, now they're not gonna call out a solution. It's really just a capability from the business perspective. Now, some of these will be specifically IT capabilities, but they all roll up to those outcomes we just talked about. Remember, this is like a, a waterfall process or whatever you wanna call it. We're going from one thing to the next and it all rolls up to the top level. So from a customer experience for a service provider organization, one of the capabilities would be application data analytics with anomaly detection. So what does that mean? That means we need data about the application, application data flows. What is the application consisted of? Is the application one system, a multi-system? Is it a, a web tier, app tier, database tier? Or is it one of the N tier type of systems? You know, what is the application? Identify that log that, track that. Um, an application could be workloads as well, just so we're clear. So workloads and applications are in the same bucket. And then the key here is create that, that analytics baseline, have that engine that says, here's what the application is doing or should be doing and only allow that to be happening. And then have some sort of anomaly detection system. So you're getting all that data and that system is then determining, hey, this is a little different. You know, this is a little different. I'm gonna alert you on this, or hey, this is a lot different. I'm gonna just block it and let you know I blocked it. The next one is a process to agree to and properly meet customer performance requirements. Remember, this is a service provider organization, and within that service provider organization, there's customers, and we have to meet the customer's requirements. So we need a process, we need a policy, an operational handbook, if you will, on how to identify agree to and meet those requirements for the customers. The last capability under customer experience is reliable end-to-end -end quality of experience for customers. And that's self-explanatory, that rolls right up to the one we just talked about for outcomes under, digital, uh, under customer experience. So capabilities for digital transformation. An easy one is software-defined networking. And that's a ball, that's a, that's a, a bucket for any software-defined solution you can think of. It could also be programmability, automation, a couple of those things, right? The key here is that we're doing that digital transformation and we're gonna we're gonna increase operational efficiency just by just by getting software-defined networking in place. The next one's agile business network support system. And this is here because it's an example. I like it. I've used it occasionally, but I like to identify that the network is a support system for the business. The network is, in some cases, the network is the business, but no matter what, the network is a support system for the business. The network's not there just to be there. It's there to allow the business to complete its mission, complete its goals, its priorities. So when we say agile business network support system, we're saying that that network, that environment, that infrastructure needs to be 100% agile, flexible for the business. It needs to be a business enabler, a business impactor, foundational business requirements. The next capability under digital transformation is enterprise hybrid cloud strategy. Everyone is moving to the cloud. Some are enjoying their, their migration to the cloud and some are not. Some are realizing some cost savings and some are not. 
I tell customers and organizations that you really need to have a plan, a strategy. So we're talking about digital transformation. And we're talking about here is what can you offload to the cloud and how are you going to do that? You need that plan, you need that policy, that process. And that's what that is, that capability. All right, so going into security, our security priority, and a couple example capabilities. The first one is automated vulnerability management. A lot of organizations do their vulnerability management and updates and patching manually. And it it's a lot of overhead. It takes a long time. So think of the networking devices, the servers, the applications, the databases. A lot of them will pull down updates to a general server and then have to go and schedule the updates and stay at night and do the updates or do the rolling restarts and then test the applications and make sure they still work, et cetera. Test the networking devices, make sure they're, sure they're still work, et cetera. So what this is, is an automated vulnerability management system. That, that's the, the capability. That's what they need to be successful. The next one under security is identity management service. So some sort of identity management service. The third one is network access control. And a lot of these are self-explanatory. And I say network access control in the generic sense, not calling out a vendor solution. Um, but the intent here is that, hey, we need to authenticate our users and devices. Well, then if you need to authenticate your users and devices, you, you need a network access control system solution capability. So those are our capabilities. Now we're going to jump into business solutions. So these are going to tie those capabilities into real-world vendor-agnostic solutions. Again, vendor-agnostic solutions. So under customer experience, I have two. One's going to be real-time application analytics. Right? So we want real-time application analytics, and that's the solution that we need to be successful. The next one is customer SLA process. How can we meet, uh, agree and, and meet customer expectations and requirements? If we don't have a solution that says we have to do that. So this customer SLA process is that that business capability, that business solution. So those are two for customer experience. Now here's the two for digital transformation. There's actually a good amount of them. So digital transformation, the business solutions would be software-defined WAN, software-defined access, software-defined data center. And when I say those, I say those vendor agnostically, even though there are some vendor-specific solutions with those titles. But I say it in the vendor agnostic sense of all three of those. But then also a third, uh, fourth option would be next generation cloud, right? How do we uh, leverage cloud? And the cloud for me here isn't specifically a hybrid cloud or on-prem cloud or off-prem cloud. It, it just means cloud and that can be anything that, that meets the business needs, right? So if a hybrid cloud approach works, if micro cloud uh, approach works, if it's on-prem works, great. But when I say next, gener next generation cloud, that capability, I mean, whatever specifically is going to work for the organization, that business. So I got a couple for security now for solutions. We're talking about session or transaction-based security. So we talk about network access control as a capability. The solution would be session slash transaction-based security. And those are two different things, session-based security and transaction-based security, but I'm lumping them together because the, the industry is shifting from session-based security to transaction-based security when we talk about zero trust. The next one is identity access management. Right, so we talked about identity management service, but now we're talking about identity access management, which is IDAM. And that is going to be a key solution requirement. Again, we're not talking about a specific vendor solution, but we're talking about we, you know, this organization needs an IDAM solution. The last one here is automated vulnerability reporting and patch management. And that's the solution. <clears throat> and we've already kind of harped on automated vulnerability management before. So to summarize here today, never in this entire episode that I talk about a specific vendor solution or a specific vendor by name 
we didn't start out by solutionizing at all, right? Now, I think a lot of us in the industry, we start out by solutionizing at the beginning. But there's no need to do that. If you follow this process, if you follow this process the way I've identified it, you identify the priorities, you identify the drivers, the outcomes, the capabilities, and then finally the vendor agnostic solutions, everything ties back to the business. There's a why for everything. So I ask you to, to ask this question as you're going through this process, why are you doing this? Why are you implementing that, that feature? As basic as that can be, you have to ask why. And then I, I ask you to ask this next question. Uh, what's the value to the business if we do this? What is the direct value to the business, to the organization if we do this? What's the impact if we do not do this? Those are important questions to ask as you're going through this whole process. And then when you're all, all done, you're going to be able to provide your organization or your customers, depending on where you work, a business plan that is vendor agnostic that they can use for the next one, three, five, and 10 years. Now I say that, right? You'll have to update it as things shift within that organization or that business as priorities shift then you have to go through and update that business plan. But the intent is that you can provide a business plan identifying these vendor agnostic solutions and saying that, hey, we need these capabilities to be successful. You can take that business plan and then you can go talk to all of these, these vendors that you want to talk to. Uh, and you can get quotes and you know, a list of materials, a bill of materials, and identify how much it's going to cost to implement that solution in your organization or in your customer spaces. But the intent from a business perspective is that if they do that solution, they're gonna get this list of capabilities from a business standpoint. It all comes back together. This is a process. It is a tried and true process. And like I said, when conducted correctly, the organization that you support is gonna have a business plan that they can leverage for years. And I'm gonna reiterate this one more, that I'm gonna foot stomp this. None of what we just talked about was hard. None of what we just talked about required a huge amount of technical experience or prerequisites. None of it. There is no technical depth that you have to have to do this. You have to be a consultant. You have to be a consultative leader within this space. And you have to help your customers, help your organization. Hey friends, nerds, geeks, and ziglets. That's going to close out today's episode of the Zigbits Network Design Podcast. Today, we highlighted business requirements and an overall process to create a business plan for your organization. Keep in mind, this entire episode was vendor agnostic. So that business plan is 100% vendor agnostic. Of course, you can make it vendor specific if you decide to do that. I prefer to keep it vendor agnostic until the last step. So I let my customers and my organizations that I'm supporting make that decision and they can tell me which vendor solutions and which vendors they want to go with. I don't care. You can visit zigbits.tech to access the show notes. Today's show notes will be at zigbits.tech 50. If you liked today's episode, if it inspired you, resonated something within you, or provided a level of real world context, let me know. You can find ZigBits on all the socials, that's Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook, by searching for ZigBits. You can, of course, send me a direct message on Twitter at uh, Zig underscore Ziga, or you can email me at feedback under, uh, sorry, not feedback underscore, feedback at zigbits.tech. 
All right, my friends, until next time, bye for now.